we are activating your unique self-discovery one show at a time. The Orchard of Wisdom Self-Discovery Podcast are at your fingertips, just waiting to inspire and invite you in discovering just how awesome you really are and how to navigate through life in joy, enrichment, personal abundance, in mind, body, spirit, heart and soul. All the people we bring you are here to serve you on your journey of life. Do enjoy our next show. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of our Mental Health Awareness right here on selfdiscoverymedia.com. I am your host, Sarah Troy. My one guest is Dr. Kara Larson. My other guest is Joaquin. We're not going to pronounce the surname. He can pronounce it for us. Joaquin Harbite. There we go. I'm not going to do it disjustice uh, or injustice. So we're going to be talking about mental health today, but we're also going to be talking about business, how to use your mental health in your business. And they've got this wonderful, uh, lovely site called Cozy Mind. Now, we don't think about the mind being cozy. We always think about it being busy. And they said that they leverage the doctoral knowledge of the human mind and body to empower entrepreneurs struggling with exhaustion and motivation. Uh, They've designed a system that optimizes your productivity through mental wellness, tools, hacks, and leaves you feeling 50% less stressed at the end of the day. A quirky adventure Kara can be found eating spicy misu ramen in Japan over the waterfall of over India. And uh, Waking is a BBA degree with 20 years of meditation and mindfulness expertise and uh, also a co-founder of The Cozy Mind, passionate about changing people's mental well-beingness. He spent his past five years transforming burnt-out professionals from all over the globe. He has designed practical do- tools to shift the way we work and reduce the stress levels for optimum performance and productivity in every aspect of your lives, folks. This is I think one thing people need to understand You may be doing business business, but your life is your business too. And we need to treat it sometimes like a business. And uh, and that means that there has to be some downtime. And I think, especially in the world that we're in right now with so much turmoil and hurricane going on, we don't know how to decompress or compartmentalize mentally what is going on on the onslaught of it. So welcome both of you, Kara and Joaquin. Let's have a de-stressful show here and show people how they can (laughs) let it go. (laughs) Uh, Cara, let's start with you. Why is this so important uh, for people to learn to decompress? Yes, well, thank you, Sarah, for the lovely introduction, first of all. And I, I know at least in my background, so I uh, got my PhD in biomedical engineering. So I've been in research, I've been in the graduate school space. I've also been in the patent law space as a patent agent. I've been uh, in the project management space, uh, managing projects for a small biotech startup. So I've been in a lot of areas where there is a lot going on and it can be very stressful and tricky to manage. And oftentimes there's this feeling where you feel like you need to sacrifice your personal health in order to keep up with the workload that you have. And what we're doing here is showing you that it doesn't have to be that way. Uh, You can be more productive at work and reduce your stress levels at the same time. It does not have to be an either or. Um, So that that, um, is really (laughs) uh, something I'm passionate about because I know in the past, 
when I, I haven't had these tools in my life, um, I've had situations where I've had back-to-back sicknesses because my body was just so run down and you don't want that, right? The business doesn't want that. So um, I'm really here to talk about how the decompressing can support you. And the time to do it is before ideally you're feeling the yes. stress so that you don't <laughs> get there. But if you are burned out, you know, these will support you also. Yes. Uh, meditation. A lot of people think it's cross-legged and kumbaya. And, you know, I have a wonderful gentleman, a, a monk that I interviewed, and he said, no, you need to meditate amongst the chaos. And he would take people into Times Square and how to be still and mm. silent in the mountain amongst the chaos around us. We're not taught that. And we don't know how to find our center, you know, in, in what's going on around us. Just go in. Everybody thinks it's an outside job, but it's an inside job, isn't it, Joaquin? Yeah, totally. Um, actually, what you mentioned was one of the, uh, the things that my teacher in India would tell me. You know, it's easy to come to India and do a retreat, but the real practice is when you go back to the city. And that was something that I suffered firsthand for many, many years, learning how to actually integrate those practices, you know, in the city at Times Square. Yes. <laughs> Every, everyone's life is Times Square, right? Yes, yes. So that's a tricky part. And throughout the years, I feel like I've really gained a lot of knowledge from different techniques and practices, how to make that very, very tangible in your life and how to how that can help you in so many different ways. And that's kind of, we have a lot of knowledge on meditation, breathwork practices, yoga, movements, that you can apply according to whatever it is your need. This is kind of when people think about meditation is it's like a big ocean mm. and you don't know where to start. And there's so much going on that it's scary. And um, that's where we come in and we really, really nail down what it is that can support you during your work day. Yeah, it's not it's not one meditator style that suits all. Right. You know, it's a, it, it, we have to find what is it, you know, what is our meditative style that helps switch off that part of the brain and really relaxes because it's not like everybody can go cross-legged on Hong Kumbaya and off they're gone. You know, it's for everybody, it might be a sense of jogging or going somewhere else. You know, it's where do you find your center? Where can you take that breath? And ex ex we have to find that. Exactly. And it doesn't have to be like this major exercise that you do. It can just simply be, you know, whilst you're going to get a cup of coffee, just yeah. think about every step you take. And it's as simple as that. And you disconnect from all the mental chatter, the famous monkey mind yes. uh, that we have. So yeah. there are many, many, many practices that can serve each person. And it's about learning those and see what fits best for you. And that's kind of the process that, we try and engage that mm, which is very very important in a car it, it's i've got definitely the monkey mind there's always chatter going on and but for me i've learned um i've always got a movie going on and if i want to be stimulated i'll make the movie interesting if i want to be restful i'll make it boring and then i'll you know it tunes me out and calms me down and um, you know what what kind of are you suggesting of people do when they are in the workplace and it is hard for them to just take some time out to do something. What is a good practice for them to do to kind of 
switch off maybe from the static around them at that moment? Yeah, beautiful question. Uh, so there are a couple different practices that I like to recommend. And most of these you can do between two to five minutes, which sometimes feels like a lot when you're trying something new, but I promise you have two to five minutes. Uh, and the fastest ones are normally breathwork practices. Yeah. So ones that we tend to offer up to our community, there's a breathing practice called a four, seven, eight breath. We love coaching that one. So you're breathing in for a count of four, holding at the top for a count of seven, and then releasing out for a count of eight. And you only need two to three breaths to really get some benefits to that. It's also a great way to open up a meeting if you're leading a meeting yes. or to center yourself right before a meeting so that you're not bringing in anything from your last task or your last meeting. And you can really be fully present, both you and your team, if you're leading them through that exercise. Um, whenever I'm doing a public speak, again, I like more intimate groups that I'm not a big arena type person, but I will have people take the breaths. Take the mm. deep breath, because what I find it does too, you know, you know, from your chakra lines up when you're taking a deep breath, right? As the lungs are opening up, the chakras lining up, the body is lining up, the chi, the energy can run through you. And those three deep breaths, as you say, kind of whatever you've brought in with you, let it go. You're centering yourself. And what you're doing is tuning in to the frequency that is there so it's up to us as the presenters to make sure that frequency is welcoming uh Joaquin, i can see you nodding here <laughs> that how it can set the stage so well yeah uh totally very well said it's so important to really set the intention and become more mindful on what's really going on and when we incorporate this really, really simple and short practices, that's a great way to kind of tune in that frequency and keep your mind at bay with, am I too stressed? What's going on? Am I, what's the chatter inside? If you can just like calm yourself for even a minute or two minutes, that makes such a big difference. And you can start making better decisions from a different place and also interacting much better with people in a more calming, soothing, compassionate manner. I think those are really, really, really important things that maybe we're not taught at school or during university, but it's honestly, it's just, if not more important. Yeah. You know, I'm, you know, I'm sure Kara, you've been in a meeting where everybody is kind of rising, their voices, the angst, the everything going up, and all you want to shout is, take a breath. <laughs> and it's, we know when we see people get wound up, you know, the voice goes higher, the body gets more tense, everything gets more angst, and it's, there is no clarity during that time. There, there, is no, um, there is no spirit coming through you. You have shut everything down. And there, there is no reasoning with someone in that state of being either because they're shut down. So the, the taking a breath and having, you know, be, having the balls to actually say in a meeting, I'm sorry, everybody's going to take a breath. Let's do four in, hold it for seven, let <laughs> it out. You know, it's sometimes you just have to be that kind of conductor. Okay, now let's, we're getting way off track here. Let's just take this breath and bring it down. And it's okay to say that, isn't it? Oh, 100%. 
And if for some reason you don't feel comfortable speaking up or if you're in customer service, you're mm. getting out of a, a call that's really emotional for you uh, or a meeting that was really emotional for you or even off a personal call in a lunch break that was really emotional, like those are great times to also use, whether it's a breath work practice or um, I coach a lot of yin yoga poses mm -hmm. too um, to support people in getting in their bodies, which uh, some of them are easy to do at work. Some of them people feel less comfortable about doing at work and then mostly only do when they're doing work at home. But uh, those practices are always available also. We've seen so many people now working from home a lot of businesses. In some way, the benefit is through wonderful Zoom, uh, which is a company that did very well during this pandemic, <laughs> but has served as well too, because it's opened the doors literally around the world and it's increased clientele for many, many people. But with that comes different stresses, right? So it is between your calls. And yeah, I noticed some people, yeah, I've only got this amount of minutes. So da, 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 da. No, 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 no. Don't pack your day like that. Don't pack your day like that, because what are you doing? You're packing your stress, stress, stress. Where is the in-between where you can take a breath, digest what the one call you've just had, and be prepared for the next one? And I think uh, time management is something that is essential in our mental wellness. Who wants to address that one? Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> both of you are okay, well, both gonna go. Yeah, happen. no, I want go. both perspectives. Can go first. <laughs> uh, I just want to say something related to um, what we call brain breaks or this meditation breathing practices and working from home. Actually, you can do so much more yeah. because you probably have more space and you're not scared that someone else might might look at you weird. Um. And there's so many very, very simple practices to re-energize your body. Like when I feel a little tired, I just do a bit of uh, elbow planking on the floor for a minute. And, you know, you start that digestive um, kind of fire core going on. That really helps my mind get a bit of a spark. Also, when I'm feeling like really tired, I like to take a little longer breaks, maybe five to 10 minutes, even 15, depends, depending on how tired I feel. That's also related to time management. But what happens is that you think that if you do more in less time, then you'll get more things done. But the thing is, you end up not enjoying what you're doing, uh, you know, having all this mental strain. And with, you know, this very, very simple techniques, you're actually way more relaxed and more with more focus and energy at the end of the day and that is yeah and productive of mm -hmm. course and that's simply priceless in my opinion and it's just like really so so simple it's just a matter of organizing your day in a way that includes you know these practices and all the other things that we also coach and this is where I lead Kara <laughs> Yeah, I get really excited when people talk about time and scheduling <laughs> and saving time. <laughs> I, I was the person who, you know, Googled all the productivity techniques and like did all of them and, you know, burnt myself out a little bit trying everything. Um, so that, that's, again, why I'm so excited about what we do, because you can have that, that both end. You don't have to burn out yourself uh, in order to get the time savings and, um for those of you who are a little more analytical, I'd like to share just a couple statistics that <laughs> yeah. have fallen into my lap. Uh, 
And I don't know if any of you are familiar with Chris Bailey's work. He wrote The Productivity Project, which is a, a great book. And he also wrote a book recently, How to Train Your Mind, which is on uh, Audible. And in How to Train Your Mind, he talks about the importance of what we like to call brain breaks, but little meditation practices during your day and how when he started out, he thought that anyone taking those kinds of breaks, right, they were wasting their time, so to speak. And as he started experimenting more with them in his own life, he realized that for every one minute that you're doing these very mindful breaks, I'm not saying they're any like type of break, but like a very nourishing mindful break uh, that you gain back about nine minutes for every one minute that you spend in that mindfulness state, um, up to, you know, 30 minutes per, per day. So basically you can multiply 30 minutes times the nine that you save if you're doing 30 minutes of mindfulness and you can save up to four and a half hours of time. And the reason why he argues that is because most people are going to be like, okay, how is spending a 30 extra minute saving me four hours? That makes no logical sense. But for a lot of us, we're doing knowledge work yes. and it's really hard for us if we're in, you know, the work and not taking a step back, as you mentioned earlier, to, you know, digest and integrate what we did. And in addition to that, our, our minds can't go, go, go all the time. We're using them like Olympic athletes use their bodies. But Olympic athletes take quality rest to nourish uh, their bodies so that they can go back at it again. And we aren't doing that with our minds. So um, that, that's one reason it helps restore the energy. It also helps improve your focus. Mm. Uh, it, it helps, you know, you open up that creativity and realize like, hey, is this task really the most efficient way to get me from A to B? Or should I, you know, shift ways? And, and in that recuperation of energy, you're actually able to do more since you have energy past, you know, that 2 p.m., 3 p.m. slump that we often feel, you're able to have the same energy that you had in the morning. I'm going to add another thing into that. Um, I've been doing this 10 and a half years now. I'm also going to say authenticity. I know the people that are going in for one meeting down to the next, 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 and yeah. they become very robotic. And it's like, but uh, you're not interacting with me. You're not speaking with me. You're speaking to me. And, you know, you know it. And it's like, well, I've got the next meeting to go to, next meeting to go to, but you're not present in this one. Right? And this is, I think, I do only generally two shows a day. They're over an hour each, and I do all the productions with them. And from start to finish, they can take up to four, five hours, depending when once I get it out there. And I have a lot of other prep work in between. I used to get fretful over, I've got to do this, I've got to do this, I've got to do that. No, come five o'clock, I'm shut down. I'm shut down. I'll check email to make sure that people are still coming tomorrow and, you know, I'm up to date with things, but I am shut down. Business is finished for the day, right? And this is something that we need to learn to do. It's okay to minimize your amount of work and people you're going to see, because that means each person you're seeing, you're being more authentic and real because you're more present. And by trying to pack everything in, it, you become very robotic and the people just know, oh, there's nothing, you know, I'm not feeling the genuineness here. 
you know i feel i'm being pitched something rather than being the you know building a business relationship a relationship of any kind whatsoever so i think pacing yourself time management taking the breaks in between to digest that last call maybe there's notes you need to take maybe there's things you need to do then emptying that and refreshing yourself ready for the next i think is being not only authentic to the people that you're doing with but i think you're being true to who you are joaquin oh yeah <laughs> yeah a hundred i a hundred percent agree with what you say and it's funny you mention it because uh we work on this thing's called what we call productivity routines mm -hmm. and and that's kind of what we aim for to work with our clients having a routine to start your day and to finish your day because if you don't actually finish your day then you're all the time on your phone and it's just like so so draining so it is so important to set boundaries for yourself yes. and others oh boundaries the big word cara <laughs> not borders yeah. you know we're not segregating <laughs> ourselves we're talking boundaries where my energy is now spent i haven't got any more to spend i'm compartmentalizing my life in in my work and my play and my own time those are my boundaries right? and people are scared to set boundaries aren't they cara oh yeah it, it can be really difficult and um you know starting to incorporate these little practices into your day, setting that boundary for yourself can be really uncomfortable and really difficult. Just like having conversations with your boss about like, hey, I need to set some boundaries with my work so I can best perform for you. Or maybe I need to set some boundaries um, at home, you know, so that I can do whatever feels good. It could be self-care, help, there's so many areas where it's important to set boundaries and, and part of that boundary setting is, is knowing what you personally need and, and knowing what, uh, you know, you want to set your intention on um, and focus on and prioritize. Intention is really, really important. You know, today it has changed. It's not what you're selling. It's who are you selling it? If we don't buy the person, why would we buy from them? And there are so many other people out there doing similar things. It's like, oh, I'm not feeling the connection. Yeah, you may have a good product, but oh, I'm just not feeling the connection. We want connection. You know, COVID definitely has put us into that, more in that state of mind. We want to know the people we're working with or working for or representing our clientele, that there is a synergy and nice connection between us. Everybody goes away feeling better. It's less about the product and more about that connection that then makes that product even more productive, right? And we're, I think people kind of draw this, you know, no business is business, I've got this business hat on, I've got to be one persona and I'm a different persona here. No, we want you to be real. We want you to be you. We want to know that you can look at us in the eye and you see us. You're here to pay attention. And that is something I think that in business is changing radically, thankfully, thankfully, mm. because nobody wants to be a number. Um, but it's also for some people a, a, a real pivot of change of the way they've used to being doing business. And it can be a mental strain because, yeah, but the boss wants me to close these numbers. How do I do it and still build up relationships? And that can put a lot of mental strain on people. Cara? Yeah, so um, 
I mean, I'm hearing a, a couple different elements. And part of that for me is, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be an either or oftentimes when we're, we're nourishing ourselves, we're better at creating those relationships. And there isn't just one way to go from, from A to B. There's always more than one path. And it makes sense to lay out an outline and, and start things out and see where you go. But there comes a time where I believe there's a, a check-in point where it's like, okay, is this actually working out for me? Or would my time be better spent you know, doing option B? And I know that in a, a lot of the work that I've done in the past, and um, I mean, even working with people now, the, the options where I'm in communication with someone, oftentimes seeking out an expert is the faster shortcut. It's not always the option, mm -hmm. but it makes things so much smoother, easier, and you don't feel like it's all on your shoulders either. Right. Yeah, it, it, be, it becomes uh, that interaction becomes a two-way street, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. uh, Joaquin, what do you have to say about that? Yeah, no, um, I totally agree with having, creating that connection, nourishing that connection, whether it's your client or whoever it is, that is so important. It's becoming more and more important today than it was before. I think the mindset from you know people 40, 50 years old over is changing radically to the people that are in their 30s, in their 20s. And these are the people that are, that are taking over. So, and people know how important it is to actually make that connection with the other person. So that's becoming more and more important, in my opinion, and kind of going through a process together, yes. whether it's, you know, just selling a product or actually coaching or whatever it is, you really want that connection. And that making that sincere connection is what's going to get you to the end, whether you are someone buying something or you are someone selling something. Mm -hmm. So I, I do believe that it's paramount to really engage with that other person, even if, you know, you don't come from the same place or don't agree on, yeah. on whatever it is, but just having that real connection is such a beautiful part of life itself. And if we are more aware on where we're standing and what's happening on the other side, then that's, that's really important. Mm. I, you know, my kind of career started off, it was more in public relations. So it's always been about, you know, the, by serving the customer and making them feel heard, seen, and that we are addressing their issues, we ended up with more loyal customers and uh, then who speak about you, which broadens your whole business. And it just means putting yourself out a little bit, that little extra in order to, to please them because ultimately they're your bread and butter, right? So it goes with anything in life. We, you know, if we approach people with the attitude as I really do care, I really do care, you know, then those people put themselves out more. My son owns a small restaurant and at the beginning of COVID, literally three days, just before COVID, he had snapped his Achilles and he had Ooh. had an operation and he's in a cast and I had gone over to look after him and 
COVID happened. And it's like, what are we going to do? Are we going to have to pivot more to takeout? He's there at the phone with his leg up <laughs> in a cast, you know, just taking orders. And all the way through, you know, since then, it has been, how do we pivot? How do we pivot? How do we pivot? And he had 33 staff underneath him. And it's like, I hmm. can't maintain all of these staff. You know, how do I let some go and maintain others? And it's, it's always been about, we are family we are going through this together i'm not going through this we are going through this how are we all going to survive what ideas have you got how do we pivot and he has mental health days for his restaurant it's too hot in the kitchen i'm not going to put my stuff through that um he did one week where all of the profits for the week went to the staff um, not to the mm. bosses and mm. it, and it uh, you know what uh, they've had COVID or they've had this or it's been just an excruciating time we're closing down for a couple of days and giving everybody a break and the incredible thing is the community supports him not like well, you're not mm. open no, no, no. no thank you for putting your staff first so we've got to remember the way we treat other people the people we work with, the people that we work for, or the people that work for us, is a reflection on who we are on our business and has a ripple effect out. And that is so important because that ripple effect, you know, if it's a bad one, can shut you down very quickly. If it's a good one, it opens out way beyond any marketing that you could do. Hey, Kara? Yeah, I mean, I, I couldn't agree more. Um... One, one of the reasons why we haven't just created like an online course for people is we really, we want to be there with you. We yeah. want you to have access to us and be able to ask questions. And we don't want to bring in too many people at once so that you don't yes. feel like you're getting a little bit yeah. of one-on-one -on -one attention uh, because we know it's hard like it, to shift a habit and it like, yes, you can do it alone. And a lot of this is simple, but it becomes harder when you're working through consistent consistency and there are so many little things that you're already tracking in your life, yeah. it can be really helpful to have someone else, you know, to rely on. And um, I love also when you were talking about the interconnection between um, the staff and how he would, you know, give them uh, the profits during certain weeks. And uh, I think it's just so beautiful. And I think it's a mm. testament to, you know, the, the inner space of the leadership uh, as well. Uh, often when we're, when we're in a burnout phase, there tends to be more of a focus on, on I because it's been deprived for so long. Mm. So when you're doing these practices, it does help you build relationship and think about doing those things for your community out whether that is people in your home that support you or peers in your business, whether they're, you know, lower in the hierarchy or above yes. you or other companies you're interacting with or your clients, um, all of them support you in some way. Uh, so thinking about ways where you can, you know, show your gratitude and, and appreciation is what I'm hearing in that yeah. too. Well, in like, actual fact, he did have a burnout because actually as boss, <laughs> you know, and he had a yeah. relationship breakdown and then um, he, um, he had something else go on and it was on numerous things, you know, constantly juggling and he did have a burnout and his staff turned around and said, we've got this, go and take time mm. for yourself, go mm. and do what you need to do, we've got this. And you know, that's when you know that you've really built a community. And I think that's, you know, in any form of business, that's what you want. Um, even if it's a big business, there are departments 
nourish your own department, right? So that your department feels that they're a part of something, a part of a family. But I want to take this a step further. We've talked kind of around business and, and how it benefits the business. But, you know, as I said, five o'clock, you know, I'm, I'm switched off. When people go home, the last thing you want to do is take your stressful day with you. And so even on your trek home, or even if it's from, you know, the office into the lounge, <laughs> you know, it, you've got to take that time to switch off the day and open up your channel to your family, your friends, or even just your evening with yourself. That is a, a really important practice in mental health, isn't it, Joaquin? Yeah, absolutely. And we, we try to think of how those kind of practices can apply to whatever your lifestyle is. Uh, once we had a client who started biking back back home, it was like a 20, 30 minute bike ride, bicycle ride. And that was the key for him to disengage from work and get home and be like, hey, I'm home, I'm here. I'm ready to be here. Present. That, yeah, 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 absolutely. You can have that um, in between your your work and your home space. If you work from home, then you'll have to maybe get, get out of home. <laughs> yeah, go for, go a, for a walk. <laughs> yeah, go for a walk, go for a smoothie, a coffee, do sports, whatever it is that supports you in taking that break from all the stress of the day, taking a shower, taking a bath, depends on the season of the year, depends on if there's sun, if it's raining, whatever it is. It's uh, really important that you do that consciously every single day. Yeah, but you've got people who are um, mothers or fathers who are staying at home, they're 24-7 parents. And, you know, the partner gets home and it's, oh, thank God you're home. Hey, I've got an adult to talk to. And can you take over? <laughs> because I've been mm. doing this all day. And there are, you know, especially when it comes to any form of caregiving, it's very difficult for people to find that time. And I think that's where we need to be supportive of one another and realize this person doesn't have a nine to five. And you can't switch off because it is, you know, you're taking care of someone or kids and kids can be very demanding. Have three, I know. <laughs> Grandson, I know. And when they're on, they're on, and you have to be on with them, right? So it's, for, you know, when they have a nap or when they go to bed, that's when you could decompress. But that's where, you know, it, the old terminology it takes a village to raise a child. And I think this is where it's okay to actually say to extended family members, to friends, to this and that, I need a break or let's rotate our kids. <laughs> I'll have mm. yours, you have mine. You know, and, and to make sure that that whole meditative and decompressing and aligning yourself, it, it goes beyond. Because raising a children, as far as I'm concerned, is a career choice. You may not get paid for it, may not get many thank yous for a while, but it is a career choice. And it's one of the most responsible things you can ever do. And we don't look at that and we don't teach parents how to <sighs> let it go. Kara. Yeah, there are a couple of things that came up for me when you were talking about that. Because, uh, yeah, I, I, 
funny you bring up kids because I was just visiting some friends of mine. They have a 17 month old and she's beautiful and adorable and super smart. <laughs> but yes, very on the go, like always asking questions, getting f- fussy at different times. And yeah, it takes it takes a lot of patience. Um, I wanted nap times when she wanted nap times, you know, <laughs> uh, and yeah, what I what I heard in all of that was a couple things, because, yeah, there are those of us who are, you know, handling both business and parenting. Um, and there are also some people who are they might not be handling the parenting part, but their business might have a, you know, part A at work and part B extra at home. So um, one of the things we do with uh, our productivity routines is uh, like learning how to shut down your work at different phases. And we talked a little bit about transition phases, but kind of just writing out where you are so you know and can pick up what's next when you arrive the next day or that evening. Um, and in, in terms of finding, you know, that th- those spaces and those those breaks when you you are parenting and you do have, you know, that um, extra level of responsibility. Uh, what, what I heard in some of your suggestions amongst community was, you know, how, um, how can I bring in some outside support and maybe delegate some things or trade off times yeah. where we're watching the kids so that I have, you know, that extra time for the self-care or, uh, you know, maybe I'll cook meals this time. You watch ki- kids, yeah. you know, but um, finding those opportunities for sharing and delegation. And some people have, you know, the funds to pay for management, but you don't have to have the funds. You can support yes. yourself in building that community is what I'm hearing too. Yeah, hmm. definitely. And that, you know, if you if you are the traditional, you know, spouse coming home, you know, she's longing for a conversation. You're maybe wanting to shut down. Use that interim time of going home to do your shutdown. So when you go home, you can be present at home and realize that, you know, quite honestly, it's a different hat you're putting on now. And you're now a parent or a, a spouse, you know, and what do they need? You know, because there's, there's you, there's them, and then there's the us. And make sure that you can be present in the us, right? Exactly. And mm-hmm. I know for... Uh, some of us, I've, I've coached some individuals who are moms and they are in like very corporate environments. And part of that transition is not only the presence, but the shifting out of kind of the masculine energy of yeah. the work and coming in with the motherly energy and, and letting that be a conscious shift. Yes. But, you know, as a mother, making sure you don't become too mothering of the people at work. Because, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's just I mean, shift both ways. What, what that never worked with me. Yeah. I was a mother before I was a mother. So, you know, that, that mothering is always there and it's part of who we are. And I think people have to accept that, you know, that's a part of who they are. They're caring, they're mothering. And you become that kind of symbol. But, you know, in that, I think, you know, the burnout it's so easy to have because, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah so-and-so just needs me to do this or so-and-so just needs me to do that. What we're seeing a lot in the workforce right now is people saying, uh-uh, you're paying me for uh, from this to that mm. time. I am not working beyond that time, right? My mental health, my well-beingness is more important. There are no after-work calls. There is mm-hmm. no, oh, just finish this off at home. You know, uh, none of that anymore. And I think that is actually really, really healthy, kind of draws the line. What do you, what do you think about that, Joaquin? 
Yeah, I think setting priorities in your life is really, really important. And again, we go back to boundaries. And mm-hmm. another thing I'm I'm hearing throughout all this conversation is, and this is something I I really try to uh, show is uh, being vulnerable. Yes. I think gift uh, you yourself. <laughs> yeah, yourself and others because mm-hmm. you're not you're communicating better what's what's go- really going on with you and you are understanding what your needs are and you're putting them out there. A possibility could be instead of showing yourself vulnerable being uh, shutting yourself down and that's never a good thing but that no. sometimes happens because in our age and society being vulnerable is not really well seen. Uh, it's kind of being frowned upon. I I feel like that's changing also yes. as well every time. And people yes. are actually, you know, congratulating people who are putting themselves out there with, you know, their issues or whatever it is, saying we are humans, we're not robots. Yeah, we're normalizing and, it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's really powerful when you when you put yourself out there. Uh, I myself have done that in the past quite a while, and surprisingly, I've received you know the most love and care and connection with people, and they actually start opening up with you yeah. when you start being vulnerable. And that's something maybe we don't expect. We feel we're going to be judged, yeah. and kind of you know you you feel a little icky inside, but then once you do that it's totally the other way. It's totally the other way around. And we should have that more into, we should have that more available in, into our lives. I, I believe. A hundred percent agree with that. I'm just um, editing my memoir. <laughs> Again, I like, <laughs> it is very intimidating to write that. And I've kind of written it observationally in an article type form. And it's that still, you know, kind of looking at your life. Um, you know, over the years and, and the things that you did and, oh, God, why did I do that? And things that you've learned from it. And one always is scared to put out that vulnerability because human beings have become so incredibly judgmental. We, we always had that tendency in it and it's had its peaks and highs where, you know, compassion was lost and judgment was stepped in. And we love to see people climb up into that pedestal but god forbid they should do one fraction of the thing we think <laughs> wrong and then we like to tear them down and that is you know the 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 nasty part of human nature and something we need to hold accountable and in, in each and every one of us um but the more and more we you know, and believe me i've had people share things on here that they've said i've never told anybody that before you know and some incredibly vulnerable things but in doing so They've empowered other people to say, but that happened to me too, or I relate, or something similar happened, and I'm not less than. I'm not less than because this happened to me. And we've also got to turn the terminology, what happens to you is happening for you, for you to discover your strength, your ability, your courage, and just how awesome you really are. And the word I love is flawsome. Because mm-hmm. there isn't any single one of this that doesn't have a flaw of some kind, but if we could be flawsome, and look at our flaws as something as a as a building blocks of who we are into our strength. I think we would let go of the external judgment. But judgment is is one that I think we have to hold ourselves accountable to because who are we to judge, Cara? Yeah, I mean, 
I 100% agree. I, I love flossum. That's beautiful. It's a beautiful word, isn't it? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. It's a lovely word. I think it just yeah. describes it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, as you were speaking, I was thinking about how um, oftentimes when we're in the biggest moments of breakdown, where you know it it is that time to step into vulnerability and uh, admit to ourselves and our community that you know we're we're not okay or we're we're struggling or we're in burnout and we can like part of that enables you to pass the baton yes. and be like I don't have to hold this and let this be causing me to sink to the you know the ocean floor I can hand it off to that community um, and be supported. And in those breakdowns is also a chance for us to learn and to grow and to expand. And it might not feel good while we're there and it might feel really embarrassing and it might feel really hard. Um, and you might not immediately see you know, a, a light at the end of the tunnel, but they, as you mentioned, they are the things that make you stronger and um, the expansion is not always comfortable. It's not always delivered the way, you know, <laughs> we, we want it li life, life, right. Yes. Um, but yeah, I love, uh, that you're, we're talking about, uh, vulnerability and, uh, I, I know in, in my own life, one of my biggest challenges was, uh, the, the death of my father really early, my first year in grad school, I was 22, my sister was 18, um, came out of the blue. And since our parents were divorced, all of a sudden we were executors of an estate. Mm. And uh, I just remember, I, I don't know if you follow Brene Brown mm -hmm. or, mm -hmm. yeah, so she has the Atlas of the Heart and I actually didn't even know <laughs> till I was listening to it um, on a road trip I think it was maybe like seven months ago that the emotion I was experiencing wasn't just grief, but, um, but anguish. Yes. I, like, and I, I still, you know, there, there's a lot of healing that's happened. It's been about, you know, nine years later, but um, you know, I'll always love him. I'll, I'll always yeah. miss him. And he'll always be there. I lost mine when I was 11. And so that is, God, now 57 years ago. Uh, and it's, there's always that, I wish you'd walk me down the aisle. I wish you'd met my children. Uh, oh, I kind of now see him in a different light at different stages of my life. And I wish that conversation was there. But the point is you can have that conversation. Mm. You can have that conversation with the spirit and it will be responded to you in a different way. You know, it's not the face-to-face -face conversation, but you will mm -hmm. feel little signs. You know, nature has a wonderful way of communicating with us and when we are present with self and we're still um we we get those lovely feelings we get those lovely memories we get those little things that come and that is that form of communication and if we're willing to be open open up our channels and let that beautiful energy and wisdom come through us you know, i'm a knowingness um igniter so it's for me it's always been about the universe comes and speaks through me it speaks through my soul to ignite my heart and, and to strengthen wisdom, to get my spirit into action so the mind will know what it needs to know when it needs to know it. And I feel if we could feel that energy come through us and understand what it is we need to know, that's the wisdom of our knowledge. Knowledge itself is not wisdom. 
the wisdom is knowing how to use the knowledge. And if we use our soul, heart, mind, and spirit in that equation, A, we're never alone. B, the answers are always there. We're always supported. And we will simply know what we need to know when we need to know it without fretting about it. So it's, you know, your dad communicating, you communicate in all sorts of ways. Mine still does 57 years later. And, you know, my mom passed a few years ago. They have their way. And it's mm. sometimes it's just the warm memories, those warm memories of things that have happened. That is also a way of communicating and of letting you know they're still there. They're still watching over you. Yeah. And I understand mm -hmm. the anguish part of it too. Mm -hmm. So, in, and that is because we don't quite know what to do with them. Uh, you know, now they've gone. We don't quite know, you know, um, how to navigate through life. And it's one step at a time, one step at a time. And I think this is also something society demands. Well, hasn't there been enough grieving time? Or hasn't, haven't you got over it yet? You know, you got divorced mm. years ago. Why are you still feeling like that? There is a process to life of letting things go that hold you back. Some people are very good at going through them quickly. And some people don't know how to let go or they don't realize the clamps are still on. And the more that you help them to center themselves, to breathe, to align themselves with themselves and manage their mind so they can have a cozy mind and not mm -hmm. a turmoiled mind, the more they're going to be able to take that into every aspect of their life, which is really, how did the name cozy mind come? I love the name. Oh, yeah. How did that come about? <laughs> it took a, we were, were we in a, a hostel? No, no, we're at my place. So we, we met in India uh, like four years ago doing a teacher training, yoga teacher training retreat, yoga and meditation. And then Kara came to visit me. I live in Barcelona. And so uh, we were at the couch, just chitty chatting away life, whatever. And I get this uh, call from a friend who's, you know, doing a lot of, lot of work and he's so stressed and he doesn't know how to, what to do with his life. He's calling me and I can hear like the dog, the dog barking and the baby crying and the mm. wife sh shouting at him. And he's like, <laughs> ah, yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> And that's where we came up with Cozy Mind, actually. Mm -hmm. And he was the first person we helped. And that has evolved into not just the mindfulness aspect, but more of the performance aspect in not just work, but in your overall life. Yeah. And Kara came up with the name because she's really good at marketing stuff. She, she re she's really good at coming we, up with acronyms. We argued, and that kind of I stuff. think, a little over... <laughs> Oh, no, I like the, this word. You know, but the cozy, <laughs> when you think about it, when, when you, you know, like on a winter's day, you know, the hot chocolate, the blanket around you, you know, the fire going, you know, uh, about to watch your next week's movie, you feel cozy. You feel safe. You feel, ah, at home. So the word cozy actually is a great representation. And we don't look at our mind as being cozy. It's got to be productive. It's got to be restful. It's got to be this. But cozy? Why can't the mind be cozy? <laughs> right so it's actually i think it's a great it's a great name and it's not something one associates with the mind but i think we should why Thank can't you. we get cozy with our mind right <laughs> exactly yeah. exactly and i i love um as we came up with the name we were really attached to it once we once we found yeah. it and we googled you know is cozymind.com available and it was not so we're, we're actually cozymind.me, and I, I almost love that more. <laughs> Cozy me, yes. You know, mm -hmm. and that's, yes, um, 
when the mind is the representation of cozy is at ease, not a care in the world. When the mind hasn't got a care in the world, you know, me, I am at peace with self. Isn't that the ultimate goal in life is to be at peace with self. It doesn't matter what's going on around us. I am me happy to be me. I am love with me. I am that peace that I seek. I am at peace with self. Everybody wants to get there. But not everybody knows how to get there. And that's where you two come in. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yes. That is, that is totally what we try to aim for, what we try to achieve, what that's kind of why, why we're doing what we're doing. And with our experience, we life experience, we really, really think we can help you get uh, there or maybe not to a totally cozy place, but to a, more cozy place mm. there's so journey. many ways you can do that yeah yeah, yeah. it's, it's like, not like you're going to just you know work with you and everything is going to fall into place you're going to give them skills and strategies and and help them find that that system that works for them that they can apply to their lives but they've got to apply it you know you've you've got the template there for them but they've got to apply it they've got to continue it in order for it to continue to work for them and evolve into a way that just becomes integrated part of their life. So you can only work with people that are willing to work with themselves. Exactly. And yeah, our goal is not to be with you forever, but right. to be with you until the point, exactly like you said, yeah. where I, I like to think about it as, you know, you look at your watch when mm -hmm. you need to know the time when you're starting to feel some mental fatigue, I want you to think about going and taking in that brain break. That That's where we want you to be at. Paying so attention to the just, signs. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's and it's easy and it doesn't feel hard. It's just that integrated routine. Right. It's something you don't need to think about because it is something that is just automatically you do. You know the signs. Oh, I'm feeling. I, I have an illness um, and part of that illness is fatigue. And uh, it's like a cell phone that never fully charges, you know, yeah. so I never get a full battery. And there will be times I could feel I'm wearing down quicker. And if I don't pay attention, it's going to flatten me. If I pay attention and I partner with it, okay, I hear your voice. I'm going to take a break, right? And then it allows me to come back and do what I need to do without, you know, straining myself. It's the same thing that you guys are doing. Read your signs. Know when things are talking to you, how to recognize it, what to do, even trying something different if that's not working. But it's immersing themselves in with themselves and learning to know who they are by being present with self. And a lot of people are not present with self. So it's very, very much needed. Working? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think your own knowledge, uh, your experience yes. is the actual knowledge. Yes. And you know, some people can say one thing, other people can say another, but until you experiment, whatever it is that works for you, then that's where you need to go. And the only way to do it is doing it. <laughs> and, so you're helping them understand what it is that works for them. It's not, no, no, you've got to do it this way, blah, 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 blah. It's helping them understand their own signs, what works for them, you know, helping them tune into themselves. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. And we will give you some guidelines to experiment right. with, but never, yes. 
never anything overwhelming or too much mm. at once. And we will, you know, take a look at like, hey, did you do this? Did you not? And if you didn't, then let's look at why. Right. Look at why. And maybe if that's not for you, something else is let's mm -hmm. try it. Right. You know, because this, uh, oh, no, you got to take my program and this is going to do this for you. But we're not cookie cutter, robotic, walking dead type people. We, you know, we, we are individuals that want to know what our own instrument is, how to play it, which orchestra to join. So the more you can help the person in their own individual way of centering themselves, of tapping into their own energy, of reading their own signs, of knowing their own signs and what works for them. The, you know, the more productive uh, and cohesive and cozy they're going to be with everything in their life. So it, I'm glad that you're not doing it. It's just this one way, signing up, you know, a thousand people for the one course, but you're working individually with the people because that is so desperately needed. Yeah, and yeah. you you never, we, we call it performance and it covers a lot of things, but you never know how it, how it will actually repercute in their lives. It can be, you know, improving their relationships with their uh, wife or yeah. husband or their parents, brothers, friends, whatever it is, uh, preventing some sort of anxiety disorder, mm -hmm. depression. You know, there's so many things that, um, that can help you with uh, applying all these different techniques that we try because, you know, we've been there. <laughs> Yes. So we know what it's like and uh, we've been through the whole lot <laughs> and we are okay with sharing it and telling our own experience and how we dealt with it and giving the others some tools that might work for them. So I think that's really important. Customizing. That, yeah. Yeah. People try, try out, try out their own stuff and see what works. My poor exactly. daughter has, um, in this last year has lost three friends to suicide. And we had uh, awful floods here last year. And one of her friends was sucked away in the flood and his body's never been found. So she's lost four really good friend colleagues that she worked with for a long time. And it is just like with the suicides, it was, but nobody saw it coming. Nobody saw the signs. And that is because we've got so good at hiding everything. And, you know, we really need to, to be able to step into our vulnerability. We really need to say, you know, I'm not okay. And it's okay not to be okay. It's, it's okay to say, I don't know what's wrong, but I'm just not okay. And have others reach out and just be there for them. Not lecture, not this and that, just be there for them and help them find the right people to kind of be okay with themselves. Because a lot of people, that big three-letter word, they don't know how. They don't know how to get back on track. They don't know how to listen to the signs. They don't know how to be at peace with self or to get into that cozy state of mind. They just don't know how. They know they need it, but because they don't know where to go and not know how to do it, it ends up being a, a decision in a moment that is no coming back from. The how is important, isn't it? It is. Um, and I think at least for me, I know I, well, when I am more present, I'm less in assumption. So I'm not yes. necessarily hopping on a call, assuming that everything is normal and good with my friend. And I'm like listening for some of the, the subtleties that are there. Um, 
And I, that's something we like to, we, yes, we have a framework and a structure that we can help you through, but it's all iterative. We really do like work with your individual needs, kind of like, as we've already talked. Um, so we're not, we're not making this grand a, a assumption yeah. that you're going to fit in exactly like 80% of the clients, but that doesn't mean we can't support you. Right. Yeah. Um, and pivot to what they do need. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. But that that's what, you know, um, expertise is about. It's not imposing on somebody. It is true. It's because of all the the expertise that you've had, especially from life experience, you know where to be flexible or what else is, you know, it's like a director with a production. You know, uh, he knows the actor, the actress is really, really good. And the lighting would be good here and the lighting would be good that. But what they do is they bring out the essence of the character within that actor or actress. And in that essence, he's pulling it out of them. He's pulling the best out of them. And they then see that for themselves. And in a way, that's what you're doing, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yes, we're pulling out your cozy essence. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can feel better and do more. Yes. Come yeah. with your slippers. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a, uh, a word that came to my mind when you just said that, Sarah, was uh, intuition because when we're when we're working with our clients a lot of what we sense and you know the answers that we give come from intuition and that's <laughs> yeah knowingness and that's thanks to slowing down a little bit and a lot of the time what people really need is just a an excuse to slow down and connect to their own intuition and that will give them the exact answer they need Mm -hmm. But we are in such a rush mode that we we don't ever take that time. But it is so important to listen to your own intuition. Yes. yes. And it is there. It is there. It's there Always. all the time. All the time. Yep. Just Every waiting for you single... to open it up. Yep. <laughs> Get out of the academic mind because that will always try and clarify. Oh, yes, but. Yes, but. Yes, but. And I would say just sit on your butt right? The academic mind is the knowledge that you have. Again, the intuition is the wisdom and knowing how to use that knowledge. And when you are open intuitively to the forces and the energy that be, whether you want to call it God, universe, spirit, it doesn't really matter. It is that energy that comes through. And that comes through in that clarity. It is that deep breath. It is that centering of that, of that wisdom to know how to use your knowledge. And in that, you are never alone. When you get to that space, it is a place of trust. I trust this wisdom. I don't need to validate. I don't need to verify. I don't need to justify. It just is. And when you are just being, not doing, you have arrived home. Beingness is where you need to be. And that's where you can really know yourself so well that you can know what you need to do to center to, to let your essence flow without it costing and having people to support that and bring that essence out of them and show them how to open up those channels and how to trust the, themselves in step into their own beingness is a beautiful gift. And, you know, as I said, I love the, the cozy mind. I love the idea of being cozy with oneself because that is that place where we're at home. We want to be at home with ourselves. It's as simple as that, right? Yeah. Yeah. 100%.
So if people want to sign up for it, what is the process that they go through? Yeah, so we do have a free offering for your audience. We have a seven day brain breaks challenge. So if you wanna experiment with some of these mindful practices, it's seven different ones. Uh, The one at the end, I look a little bit silly. So hopefully you're slightly (laughs) entertained. (laughs) Let's be silly. Let's just silly that. I think it's essential. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Uh, And you can go directly to our link, which is cozymind.me backslash seven, the number seven days, D-A-Y-S, B-B and then challenge, or you can go to our main website at cozymind.me. And if you scroll to the part that says, we dare you mm-hmm. and try it out, all you have to do, throw your name in there, your email, and you will get one video per day for seven days. And again, I go back to you are offering something customized to help people find their own essence and be their own beingness, but they got to step up and participate. This isn't, oh, here's a nice little package for you, become that. We've got to realize we have to do the work. You're just showing them steps they can take in doing that work to reach that essence of who they are faster and something they can take with them through their entire lives and every aspect of their lives. But they've got to be willing to participate in their own healing, in their own discovery. Exactly. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. You, you. I can't register for you. Nope. I can't apply the practices right. at work for you. Um, it doesn't work but... if you don't do it. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Right. It's That's just it. a really beautiful idea. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And, and a lot of people are in the idea of something or the intent of it, but not, I've got another word, actionism. You know, mm-hmm. activism is talking about it. Actionism is doing something about it. And I want people to step into actionism. And even if you don't know where you're going, blind, deaf, and dumb in order to see, hear, and feel, just put that one foot in front of the other. Just yeah. do something, right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, and if you realize you're not, then yeah. I, I would offer up, it doesn't have to be us, but we do, you know, we have our group coaching available. Again, we, we don't do a group coaching where you won't get some one-on-one attention, but if you need that extra community, if you need mm. that extra accountability, Uh, and we have it organized where like, yes, you get the online recordings if you need to do it on your own time, but we do our best to make all the learnings live. So you don't feel like you have, uh, this homework, the homework is you just using it at work (laughs) in your own life. Yes. And, and they're quite, you know, yes at work, but we've got to realize again, the business of life is your business wherever you are. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. These are tools for the rest of your life that yeah. you can apply anywhere anywhere waiting for the bus yes. uh you know at a restaurant at that traffic jam traffic jam <laughs> if, you're, I, if you're on a plane i meditate yeah. myself and i get nervous right yeah yeah, yeah exactly. and for your everyday routines it's just like really something that you can take on for the rest of your life and that is really priceless for me yeah I mean, for me, it's very hopeful to see millennials, because I assume both of you are millennials, um, to see you guys having already stepped into this mindset, having already seen the importance of this. Uh, because for a lot of my generation, 
you know, 50, 60, 70, even 80, 90, you know, it's realizing that I was living, um, waiting for permission. And I was living under society's dictation. And none of that worked. That's why we had so much dysfunction. And now I'm in discovery of myself. And for a long time, you know, my audience would be the 40 plus. And now, you know, I am, I am getting the 30s and the 20s and even the teens, which is wonderful. Because the quicker you do the work uh, when you're young, the more you're going to be productive and enjoy life and your meaningful purpose through life and not have to wait for the cosmic two by four or for, you know, for your near death to happen before you wake up and realize that you don't need permission. The only person that needs to give you permission is yourself. To nurture and love and look after yourself is the greatest gift that you can give you because now in that beautiful loving vibration of who you are, you are now serving others. But we can't serve others if we're broken and shattered. So it's imperative mm. that you look after yourself so that you can be more productive in whatever your chosen meaningful purpose is. So I'm very happy that you guys have stepped up in doing this because there's a lot of people that do need it. And you may not be addressing the older age group. You may be addressing the millennials. Thank you. Because <laughs> you're the future leaders. You're the ones that are going to make things change in this world. So we have to be the change we seek. We have to be the love we seek. We have to be the peace we seek. And when we are, that's when change happens. Good change. So the more you help people become that, the more they become part of the solution to the world's problems. So thank you for doing this. And, and again, the, the Cozy Mind. CozyMind.me, folks. CozyMind.me. And sign up for the seven-day challenge there. And that's a great way of dipping your toe in you feel if you know this is right for me or not or I like the way this is making me feel and then once you've done that challenge it's like okay I want to continue because now you're immersed in it if you don't immerse into it you're not going to see results you know it's like oh, I'm going to go on this diet but I'll just eat this piece of cake right it's just somewhere along the line you've got to go and say no to something and yes to something and commit to it right so thank you for for stepping up and doing this uh, now, because uh, your generation needs it, the generation to come underneath that needs it. And uh, we know that this world is totally screwed up a lot by my generation. And uh, the only way we're going to stabilize it is by stabling, stabilizing ourselves. Because that's when we can see what really needs to be done. That's where the clarity lies, right? So thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having us, Sarah. We we Thank appreciate you. your your support, your ad advocacy, and it's it's just been a pleasure, uh, you know, back and forth having this interaction with you. Well, again, I, I love the way you're doing. I love the title. I love the approach that you're taking. It's not one size fits all. It's realizing you have a structure, but that structure, rather like a willow tree, can bend according to the you know the connection with your client and allowing that connection to really bring out the essence of that person for them maybe to see for the very first time. Right. And that's a beautiful exactly. thing, you know? Yeah. When you've got somebody who's like, I'm cozy with me. And then, you know, they're <laughs> home, they're home. And when they're home, they feel safe. And then they're open to all that beautiful knowledge that comes to them of what they need to do and why they need to do it, what their contribution is to life. So 
getting them cozy is a good good thing to do <laughs> cozymind.me folks please go check it out the seven day challenge um it's right here on the show page and please reach out give it a try reach out to them um and remember when you participate in your own life that's when you start seeing your own life improve it's up to you they're here to guide you nurture you and show you the way you've got to walk it so until next time folks bye for now we hope that you enjoyed the show. Find all of our shows on selfdiscoverymedia.com under podcasts or selfdiscoverymedia slash shows. And for all our current shows, go to What's New. We are supported by you, the audience. You will see a nice big shiny blue button for one-time donations or follow us on Patreon and you will be able to support us there. We enjoy bringing you such wisdom. And the next show will be up in just a moment.